Good afternoon. This is Elizabeth Smith-McCrossan, MLA for Cumberland North, here to provide you with my weekly constituency MLA update. Today is Monday, November the 15th. Wow, middle of November already. Well, it's been a busy uh, last week. We've got a lot going on here in Cumberland North. Um, some, a lot of challenges for a lot of people. And, you know, the first one is, of course, East Cumberland Lodge. Uh, one of our long-term care facilities that uh, a lot of our very vulnerable and precious elderly are living and There's currently a, an outbreak of the COVID-19 virus at the East Cumberland Lodge. The residents there and the staff need our prayers and support. And last Monday, so one week ago, Public Health and the Minister of Seniors and Long-Term Care gave me a call to inform me of this outbreak, and we're seeing the numbers escalate um, each day that goes by. And I know the staff there have worked so hard since the pandemic began to keep the residents safe, not unlike Shanax and, and Gables here in the town of Amherst. So I know that personally, this is a very difficult time for families, for the staff, and for the residents at East Cumberland Lodge. And I, I just want to start off my my update today by recognizing them, by recognizing the, the incredible work that they're doing. And I want them to know that, that their community and the people of Cumberland stand with them solidly. Uh, this is nothing that we should be blaming and shaming people about. The COVID-19 is a virus. Nobody wants to get it and nobody wants to, sh- to spread it to others. So this is a time where we need to uh, be diligent do everything that we can to try and stop the transmission and also just care and love for one another. So uh, want to recognize today um, the staff and the residents and the families from East Cumberland Lodge and prayerfully, prayerfully we'll get through this without any, any loss of life. Also in our community of Pugwash, in the village of Pugwash, uh, there is currently a strike at the Pugwash salt mine. Last Tuesday, I visited the striking workers uh, at the mine. On Thursday, I also spoke with management for the company that that now owns the mine. And last year, I believe it was in April, a company from Los Angeles named Stone Canyon purchased the Pugwash salt mine as well as several other salt mines in Canada. So they do have a bit of a monopoly. And what we've seen happen over the last few months is the company has been bringing in salt from uh, outside of Nova Scotia, uh, stockpiling it to make sure that Nova Scotia, the province of Nova Scotia, has enough road salt to get through the winter. So this is a concern, obviously, to the workers. Uh, There's a fear that there's not an urgency to to get a resolution for this um, current strike. And in my conversations with both management and the striking workers, of course, you know, I'm just encouraging everyone to get back to the table. Let's, you know, get in a room, close the door, and let's not leave until there's a resolution found. And the the Pugwash Salt Mine is uh, one of the best employers here in Cumberland North and in the Pugwash area, certainly. And uh, this strike is very, very challenging for everyone, especially the workers and their families. And we'd love to see a resolution uh, as soon as possible. I have reached out to the Minister of Public Works, who's responsible to uh, for the contract with the company that owns the salt mine, too, just to make sure that the, our contract 
stipulates that it's Nova Scotia road salt that's used on Nova Scotia roads. And if that's not in the contract, uh, you know, I think it should be for us taxpayers here in the province of Nova Scotia. And I've also reached out to the Minister of Labour to ensure that they are there to support the strikers, to support the company, to find uh, to find a resolution. And, and I was assured that there's been a conciliator involved and working, working with both sides. So uh, certainly looking forward to a resolution as soon as possible for the strike at the Pugwash Salt Mine. Last week, I participated in more stakeholder meetings with our healthcare system. Several of us have been meeting regularly, especially since September, to address the problems that have led to the nursing shortages, specifically at our local hospitals. And you've heard me probably share uh, in past recordings over the last few weeks about the Spring Hill Hospital is still open. However, the hours have been reduced for the emergency department and some of the nurses at the All Saints Hospital in Spring Hill had been mandated to to work at the hospital at the Cumberland Regional so that our regional service uh, was able to be maintained. And we're very grateful for the nurses being willing to do that. However, in fairness to them and in fairness to the community in Spring Hill, uh, we need to work with our health authority to to hire enough nurses for right here at the Cumberland Regional Hospital. And we've we've been working with the management team for the Northern Zone. Uh, we've learned a lot. You know, I have not been surprised because I've, I've been aware of the challenges um, that have persisted over the last number of years. Thankfully, we do have a new government, and I am very encouraged that, that Premier Houston and the Minister of Health, Michelle Thompson, uh, are very motivated to make positive changes, uh, to make improvements to our healthcare system. So they're listening and they're actively looking for ways to make improvements. So, so you know, one of the challenges that we've identified is with the Human Resource Department, with the hiring system, you know, that it takes 90 plus days to, to actually hire an employee. And we don't have, we don't have 90 days. We need, we need to hire nurses now. So I am working with, with local leaders and with the management of the Northern Zone and look forward to some positive changes. One thing that I, I want to bring up again today is the education for licensed practical nurses. <clears throat> there is a shortage of registered nurses here in Cumberland and throughout all of Nova Scotia, uh, but we also have uh, quite a few licensed practical nurses, uh, some that have recently graduated that are having difficulty finding a job. And for two years, I've been asking the Nova Scotia government to allow all licensed practical nurses to be eligible for a two-year bridging program to become a registered nurse. Currently, that two-year bridging bridging program is only available to um, LPNs that have studied at NSCC, Nova Scotia Community College, here in Nova Scotia. But of course, all LPNs write the same national exam. All of the educational institutions that provide education for someone to become a licensed practical nurse have to meet national accreditation guidelines. So I don't really understand why we're only allowing LPNs that studied at NSCC to be eligible for this bridging program. And with the new government, um, we have someone who is sympathetic to that. And Minister Brian Wong, he's the Minister for 
um, advanced education. <clears throat> He's uh, working on this. He understands the, the need, the urgent need, really, for more registered nurses and also understands that it, that it doesn't make sense to exclude LPNs that, that trained at other institutions. Some of them even have 10-plus uh, years of experience but still, if they wanted to become a registered nurse, would have to start at ground zero. So, so I am hopeful there are positive changes in the works. Uh, Remembrance Day was Thursday, and we gathered to remember here in the town of Amherst. I attended a service organized by the Amherst Legion, Branch 10. And there are normally four separate Remembrance Day services here in Cumberland North, Malagash, Wallace, Pugwash, and Amherst. And last year I attended the service in Pugwash. I try to rotate each year to um, spread myself around our constituency. The women and men that sacrificed their lives for our great country of Canada, I believe, and many believe, not only need to be honored on Remembrance Day, but also deserve to have services and supports in place for them when they are in need. Many local veterans have started their own support groups uh, to support one another, specifically from PTSD, post-traumatic stress syndrome uh, disorder, and other medical conditions as well. And I am uh, very pleased to say on the last day of the fall legislature, Premier Houston made a commitment to work with me and veterans, as well as our federal government, to open a medical clinic specifically to meet the needs of veterans. I am dedicated to working to see this happen and wanted to mention that uh, being so close to Remembrance Day. I'd like to talk about something else today that's really weighing heavy on my heart. And as MLA, I get to see everything. I get to see the good, the bad, and the ugly in our community. And last week, uh, last week was a rough week. We had a murder here in the town of Amherst. And this has been a very, very difficult time for the families of everyone involved. And I wanted to acknowledge that. I also want to mention, uh, it was a very difficult week for me personally last week because I had uh, persons that needed help help with addictions, help with mental illness. And although I have had families come to me very frustrated and hurt because they were not able to get the help needed for their family members uh, in need, and I always did everything I could to personally help them get into the healthcare system, last week I experienced it myself firsthand trying to help someone get the help that they needed. It was shocking to see the stigma associated with someone who has addictions. It was shocking to me firsthand to see the stigma and the way persons are treated sometimes if they suffer with mental illness. Now, as a registered nurse, I've been a registered nurse for 30 years, I was surprised not only by some in our community, but some professionals in our healthcare system. And this experience that I had last week in trying to find help for someone in need motivates me even deeper to help make positive change in our community. We need to provide services and support for those that are struggling 
and those that are most vulnerable in our community. Now, I don't know if you've ever struggled with an addiction. Addictions can come in many forms, eating, gambling, sex, drugs, alcohol are just some of the, the main ones that we're most familiar with. And there's many people dealing with addictions of many kinds in our communities. Some we see and are visible, but many are not and are hidden. And the longer that there's a stigma associated with addictions and mental illness, the longer it will take for us to make the changes that are needed and get the supports and the help for those that are in need in our communities and in our own families. So really, I had some sleepless nights last week because I knew there was persons in our community that were suffering and that were being turned away from getting the medical and healthcare supports that they needed. I believe we need to remove the judgment and replace it with compassion and love. And I was reminded years ago in the midst of a very frustrating business situation that I was having with some pretty wealthy people, a friend of mine reminded me of the Christian scripture that tells us that religion that God accepts as pure and without fault is this, caring for orphans and widows who need help and keeping yourself free from the world's negative influences. Now, my job as MLA can often be frustrating, dealing with partisan games, media mistruths, regulations, and roadblocks, often unnecessary bureaucracy and more. But all of that I can handle. But when I can't get help for someone who is in need, someone who is suffering, those are my hardest days. Those days also are my biggest motivators. They inspire me to keep going and to work even harder. I can't do it alone. I know that there's many uh, great people in our communities working hard uh, every day to try to make improvements, and I am committed to working with them. And one of one of the groups I wanted to mention today that's been working the last couple of years uh, on an effort to try and build a shelter for the homeless here in our community, Allison Lair is one of the ones uh, leading that initiative through the YMCA, and they actually have a nonprofit board of directors. And I'm here to tell you, we have to step up as a community and we need to find a way to support that initiative and we need to do it now. There is a huge need in our community for those that have no place to lay their head and have a safe place to sleep at night. And often the people that are in that situation also require and need mental health supports and we need to ensure those services are there. So I want to mention that if anyone listening today wants to help with that initiative, I'd love you to reach out to Allison Lair at the YMCA, the Cumberland YMCA. The phone number is 902-667-9112, or you can reach out to my office and I will put you in touch and uh, we can find ways to help support this important initiative. My office number is 902-661-2288. Now, along that line uh, of work, uh, there is a need for housing in general for people of all economic levels in our community. In fact, when we're having our healthcare meetings with the management team from Northern Zone, one of the uh, things that they often bring up is the fact that when they're trying to recruit 
new healthcare professionals to our community, nurses, physicians, they're having a really hard time finding a place for them to live, including if we had a locum, like say someone who was coming just to cover uh, a few shifts or coming to to work here for a month and see what our community's like. Uh, there is a, a significant need to increase what we call housing stock, housing supply here. And we were hearing that all through Nova Scotia, but you know, right here in Cumberland North, that is a huge need. On November 23rd, next Tuesday, I am holding uh, a meeting, not just myself, but including other community leaders, other stakeholders like contractors, real estate agents, uh, business owners, and contractors to come meet together and talk about how we can fix this problem, how together we can renovate, build more homes, and increase supply. If you're listening and you're interested in helping with that, please reach out to my office, 902-661-2288. We'll be having a meeting all next Tuesday morning, November the 23rd. On my last few minutes today, I want to just mention, uh, we do have a lot of outbreaks of the COVID-19 virus in our communities. It's not just at East Cumberland Lodge. We're seeing spread in, in throughout the community and other areas as well. So I want to let you know, I have requested from the Minister of Health to have rapid tests available to people here in Cumberland County, as well as a return of the asymptomatic testing. Uh, really, we know now that uh, vaccinations do protect vaccination of COVID-19 does decrease the incidence of getting sick from the virus and definitely reduces mortality and the death from the virus. However, we also know that you can still uh, contract the virus as well as transmit it to others if you're vaccinated. So the only way of really knowing uh, if you have the COVID-19 virus, if you happen to be asymptomatic, is by regular testing. So I have requested to the Minister of Health to reinstate asymptomatic testing here in Cumberland County and I'm hoping to hear from her today or tomorrow on that issue. Well, that is just a highlight of some of the things happening here in Cumberland North and some of the work that I'm doing on your behalf as MLA for Cumberland North. I do want to send out before I finish today a, a shout out to anyone who's celebrating a birthday or anniversary this week. And specifically, I'd like to mention um, some birthdays today. Anna Turner from Linden, Nova Scotia is celebrating a birthday today and Donna Greet. On Tuesday, Autumn Ellis and Charles Ryan are celebrating birthdays. On Wednesday, Alan Thiel and Debbie McDonald. On Thursday, Debbie Field and Ryan Mallory. On Friday, Tim Harrison and Lisa Allen are celebrating. And on Saturday, Valerie Bembridge and Logan Dow. I know that there's many more people celebrating birthdays and anniversaries. Sending you all my best wishes. I would like to extend my sympathies to anyone who has lost a loved one recently. And thinking of the family and friends of Arlene Chaisson-Boulin, Sonny Foster, Arthur Sonny Foster, a real legend to those here in in our community. Also, Vicki Harrison, very sad to see the passing of Vicki. Deborah Bentley. Deborah Bentley was one of my elementary school teachers at Northport Elementary, and I know uh, many are grieving her loss at this time. Brian John George Jackson, so sad uh, to have the passing of Brian Jackson and also the passing of Alton Macaloney. To all the family and friends 
of those individuals and anyone else who may have lost a loved one at this time. Please accept my sympathies. My mission as your MLA for Cumberland North is to help rebuild Cumberland North together with you. Together, we can build on a foundation of truth and justice. We will be determined and dedicated, and through servant leadership and honesty, we can build on the pillars of timely access to health care when needed, poverty reduction, and empowering every single person in our community, caring for our earth and our environment, and supporting our entrepreneurs and our businesses. Together, we can make this happen. I would like to thank CFTA 107.9 as well as Mr. Ron Bickle for providing me with this opportunity to provide you with my weekly constituency MLA update. Take care of yourself, take care of others, and have a great week.